Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. On this week's show, we're joined by one of Australia's best-known Land Rover personalities, Jeff Lewis, to talk about Kuma for Land Rover's 75th and a special screening of his documentary, Road to Ruin. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the hand throttle to Stephen's adaptive cruise control. I'm the cramped foot of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, this week we've got a very special guest, Jeff Lewis from uh, Seriously Series uh, down there, uh, down under in Australia. We'll talk to him about all of the fantastic things that he's got uh, going on in his world. He's always a wonderful uh, individual to uh, chat with. But before Mm -hmm. that, an ongoing uh, sort of, it's almost a segment. It is so uh, a part of the things that uh, we like to talk to. And that is Japanese K-cars with Land Rover body kits on them. Yeah, it's just incredible. They just keep coming out with new ones. Yeah, this one, I think, certainly it's not my favorite. I think anybody who listens to the show maybe who's even listened to just one episode knows that my favorite one is uh, the little D. It's definitely the best. Without question, the best one. Classic Defender mod to your tiny Japanese K-car band. This one, though, uh, a little different. This this one called the Dove Funder. I guess like supposed to be, is it supposed to be like a Defender, but funner? Like it's, yeah, it's more definitely fun. fun is the, the operative word here. And I think if you've got a Honda minivan or mini truck, yeah, uh, this is the front end that uh, you might put on your car, and it's a new style Defender front yeah. end yeah. body kit for your tiny Honda van, tiny Honda N van, and this tiny. I mean, the I was not super familiar with the Honda N van before you you told me that you had uh, found this as as you scour the internet on an almost daily basis. Uh, looking for tiny Japanese cars with <laughs> people Land send me this pens. stuff. They're yeah, like, check yeah. this out. Sure, they do. Sure, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, but the, uh, yeah, the Honda N van, which is just so tiny. I mean, it's, it's just so tiny. It looks like something you would drive inside of a mall, you know, like it's just the littlest, cutest little car. Yeah. This body kit, the Defender, you know, will take your N van and make it look kind of like a new Defender. Um, I do like that there is even an option to have seat covers that look like the seats in the new Defender, you know, with those sort of three bars kind of, you know, whatever futuristic looking. Uh, Land Rover seats that are in the new Defender. This has got it all. I mean, this is an inclusive kit when it comes to really making your your tiny van. Uh, it it does look, uh, you know, it's it's got the little bumper 
you know, the little the little silver cover that goes on the bumper. And uh, it has the, you know, little silver piece underneath the, the front bumper, underneath the air dam. And it sort of has new defender style headlamps. And I think, as you can imagine, my absolutely favorite part of this is that they've added the uh, the accent panel, the signature panel to the side of the Honda yeah. Indy. Yeah, if you want a weird blind spot in your car, you just Here. like a Defender, you will... Just like a Defender, yeah. 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 Now, what would be great is if you could get a tiny mini little spice rack to attach to the outside of this. I think that would really finish <laughs> it off so that you could get just a little, <laughs> little tiny one that uh, put it on there. Then you'd be ready. You'd be ready to end It makes around. a silly car even sillier. So if you want a silly car, talk to uh, the good people that make the Duffunder, D-A-F-U-N-D-E-R to get your own duh funder yeah it's perfect it's perfect it's not quite a little d but uh if you for, for whatever reason if the little d isn't for you maybe the defunder now this is, is this is the go. second one that they've made they mm -hmm. also make the t fender which is based mm -hmm. on the toyota pro box which yeah. i think we talked about once before yeah yeah no it's interesting i listen i i don't hate these things i really like them i wish i could have them I don't know what I would do with them, but that obviously doesn't matter. They're just for having. And uh, you, you would drive it, which is something 100%. that you don't do with your Freelander. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes, that's exactly right. It is at least a hundred times more. I can maybe tow the Freelander with this. You yeah, know? I mean I have that. I get two of them. Two of them strapped in the front, like uh, you know the motorcycle chariot racing. Same oh, thing, but that. the, the, the but a Freelander with the with two little. With that's two such little a wonderful sport. It is a wonderful sport. It, is, it really looks like both the most fun and most dangerous thing all at the same time. It really yeah, is great. It's Just amazing. Wonderful. Well, anyways, uh, on to uh, this afternoon's very special guest, a uh, legendary member of the uh, Land Rover online community, wonderful YouTube channel, a filmmaker and uh, all around good guy, Jeff Lewis, to uh, chat with us about, uh, well, about meeting up at Kuma and uh, everything else uh, in his world. So looking forward to that. So let's throw some, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, a mix of 90 weight and grape jelly in the old interview machine and dial up uh, Jeff Lewis. Here we go. All right. Well, we're joined again by our very good friend and uh, <laughs> mega Australian Land Rover enthusiast, Jeff Lewis from the Seriously Series YouTube channel. Uh, Instagram accounts, just generally out in the uh, in the world. Uh, so, Jeff, thanks again for uh, for joining us. It's always uh, always a pleasure to have you uh, from all the way on the other side of the planet. No worries, Steve and Ike. Thanks for having us back again. It's you know great to be a part of this awesome podcast that's now over one hundred episodes. Yeah, that's right. We appreciate you uh, you sending in. Uh, a little video there. It was certainly heartwarming uh, to hear from everybody. And uh, yeah, here we'll go into the next hundred. But speaking of, uh, you know, big uh, things coming up, we have the 75th anniversary of Land Rover happening. This is happening, of course, all over the world. One of the big places it's happening, though, is in the wonderful country of Australia at the Kuma. I, I think they're calling it the International Land Rover Festival, but certainly the Kuma Land Rover Festival. And uh, some of the underpowered uh, crew will be there. Ike and Linus and Jenna will be there, uh, as well as I think Maddie's coming. Is Maddie uh, going as well? I believe she is. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they gave her time off down there at the museum. And yeah. so... She is going to be coming. I don't know whether she'll be back. Like she, she might be, might have to leave her in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a quarantine period. I think that uh, you know, made that turn around and everything. It might not work. So she might get. She might there. get bitten by a koala, emu, alligator, gator. Yeah. 
So uh, anyways, sure. but uh, as part of that, Jeff, you're obviously going to be there at Kuma. So what's, uh, what's your plan for, uh, for getting up there and, and who else is coming with you from the, from the Seriously Series team? Yeah, so it's, it's going to be an interesting trip. I've got to travel from Western Australia. And Damon and I were talking about, oh, you know, we, we both want to be there. And this is sort of mm -hmm. Damon's idea of going to Cooma. And it didn't take me much convincing for us to right. go there. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, if we're going to go there, why don't we take one of our Land Rovers? And I thought it's a bit too long a drive to drive it over from Western Australia. I know it's a bit of a cop out. So I'm going to fly from Western Australia to Tasmania. And mm -hmm. we're going to hop in Damon's 109 Series 3. Uh, mm -hmm. utility, which has sadly not a proper six-cylinder in it, but has the Australian six-cylinder right. in it, the yep. 202 yep. GM. And uh, we're going to drive across the state of Tasmania, hop on the ferry, go across the Bass Strait, drive across Victoria, and hopefully under its own steam, get to <laughs> Cooma, where it'll be on display. So that's going to be a really, really fun, interesting trip. Damon has been working day and night you know, trying to fix all those oil leaks, which you can't yeah. fix them all, but just the major ones. <laughs> yeah. And he's been having a little bit of a battle with the clutch system in it because they're slightly yeah, different yeah. due to the 202 six-cylinder right. conversion in it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a great trip either way. And we're going to film it and obviously put it on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So that vehicle will be on display. But we thought if we're going there, we might as well make a bit of a special thing out of it and do a right. special showing of our film Road to Ruin, which will be yeah. taking place at the local cinema. That's right. The, the Kuma Cinema. Yeah. Apparently there is one. And yeah. uh, what better There's film two. to show during the festival? There's two. Well, there you go. So that's fantastic. So when is that happening and how can people uh, get to the Road to Ruin screening? Well, we've orchestrated it with uh, Justin, who's one of the architects of the event, mm -hmm. and we're holding it on the Friday night. So oh, right on. So starting time sort of six o'clock, uh, mm -hmm. we've said we'll show the film at six o'clock, but we know with Land Rover owners that never happens. You know, <laughs> it takes at least half an hour to figure yeah. out what vehicle you drive and all the rest. So yeah. sometime yeah. after six, we will show the uh, the film probably around about 6.30. Hopefully everyone enjoys it and doesn't run out the door and we'll have a Q&A session afterwards. And then we're just finding a venue where we can have some slightly stronger beverages afterwards yeah, and a bit right. of nice food. So just make That's a nice a evening of it all. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Oh, that'll be so now, cool. Just to mm. confirm, that is April 7th, Friday, April 7th. Is that correct? Correct, Ike. And thank you for mm -hmm. that. And tickets sure. can be bought via Eventbrite and also mm -hmm. via our Facebook page. Awesome. Nice. Oh, man. I, uh, unfortunately, uh, as we were just talking about, I can't be there. Unfortunately, I have uh, a uh, series that's delivering right then, and that's not a good time to be away. We looked at satellite communication, everything, all of the possibilities, but it's not going to happen. And uh, man, I would love to. That sounds like such a neat place. Where better to see that uh, film than in Kuma at the International Land Rover Festival there? That sounds uh, uh, really fantastic. Hopefully, everybody who's there. As about 25-ish percent of our listeners are in Australia, according to the uh, analytics. Uh, so that's the three people. Uh, I think that's uh, Damon and uh, yourself. And Is your mum over here, Steve? And I guess... I guess Dabo, maybe. I guess it's the three of you. So, uh, you know, so it's it's you guys. And so we appreciate it. I think when uh, when Ike and everybody is over there, our listenership in Australia will quadruple. Although I don't think any of them actually listen to the show. Certainly it's not true. It doesn't listen. It's not true. No, it's he not true. It's not true. They, they have land rover woes that they have to get through and the underpowered hour does that each week. You know, yeah. I've been really impressed with the uh, the turnout on the Facebook underpowered hour group. 
there's so many neat folks on there from oh, all yeah. over. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you see the post from the guy who is a designer at Jaguar Land Rover? I did see that. You know, it's funny because he says, so I listened to the show at work. Uh, and we said, oh, geez, uh, hopefully Jerry McGovern doesn't wander by while you're listening to it. That's like an instantly fireable offense, I believe. Uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, Jerry has uh, decreed that anyone caught listening to the Underpowered Hour. Or uh, just on, talking to us. Or just talking to us at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's immediately fireable. <laughs> but it's good. Jerry can't tell us apart. So uh, in, in the case of, uh, you know, court battle or something, you know, he can't decipher us. He thinks we're the same person. So that's fine. He can't tell an old Range Rover from a new Range Rover either. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jerry. He gave us the Freelander. You can't, you know. Can't tell the new Defender from a Freelander either. <laughs> you know, he's fancy a Freelander. How many Freelanders are there over there, Jeff? That's a good, you know, because in the that UK. That's a good question. Well, you know, when mm. I was speaking with uh, Super sidetracked and we're come back around i was talking to nick dimbleby the other day and uh and he said uh, you know as we were wrapping up they go oh before i go i talked to phil bashel this morning mm. he's selling the oldest freelander in existence wow that sounds like something you need that's i said i said now phil has some freelanders that are prototypes is this yeah, a prototype? I think this is a, no, this is a production. I think I this see. is like, you know, serial number, I don't know, four, I don't know, uh, of the of the production Freelanders. Now, so, Jeff, have you seen wow. the prototype Freelander? No, I haven't, Ike. I haven't. Now, it, you know, somehow they managed to make an uglier vehicle than the production vehicle. <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, it yeah. is, actually. Now, they took a Ford Maestro van. That was yeah. the mule. Yeah. For the Freelander, so it's a Ford Maestro van with like Freelander running gear. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it really is. It's really terrible. It's got the weird little Freelander shifter sticking up through the. Yeah, oh, Phil has it, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, we asked if we could drive it, and he said, uh, "No, absolutely not." So, I think that's because it doesn't. Drive. I don't think it drives. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But how is the Freelander over there? Is it is it revered as it is here in North America? Revered well, or reviled? It's funny. It, like any Land Rover, it's got its sort of cult following. You know, mm -hmm. they're incredibly cheap over here. So, you know, a lot of people do, you know, buy them. They, they are a bit more of a rarity getting around. Yeah, they, they have a lot of problems, as you know, Steve. Yeah. Like a yeah. lot of yeah, problems. Yeah, oh, as yeah, as I... I yeah. still don't have my. The you know it's funny because I, Australia. What struck me every time I've been there is that the uh, you know what we would we called the El Camino here in mm -hmm. the United States, which is essentially half car, half truck all good times, uh, is still a very popular car in, in Australia. The, uh, the sort of utility car hybrid, um, which, you know, the Freelander is much closer to a utility car hybrid than certainly anything we have here in North America. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was somewhat uh, popular uh, over there in that it's, it's, I mean, it's not a ute, but it's, it's like ute-esque. It's like ute-adjacent, maybe. That's you, fair. you can kind of make it into a ute, can't you, Steve? Well, you can make it into anything, can't you? If you, you squint know? enough, it can be anything you want. Yeah, yeah that's right. But look, yeah, there, exactly. there one, I, a friend of mine actually had one, and we did a number of trails in it, and they're mm -hmm. the most fun off-road going yeah. vehicle ever. And they look so helpless when you look at them initially, but the places <laughs> that they will go, yep. and yep. they've got the... Downhill descent, is that right, Steve? Yeah, that they yeah. were, I believe, the, the originator of the hill descent control, or at least one of the first one of the first models that Landover put that in. And uh, that's worth noting because that is a technology that's found its way into a lot of other manufacturers. Like they now, use yeah. the same this same gear in G wagons and all kinds of different uh, four wheel drive trucks. So that is actually innovative and something I hadn't 
given the Freelander credit yeah, for Yeah, come on. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Now have have you got a Freelander arc or you're yet no. to get one? No, they're so rare that I haven't been able to find one. They're just they're just that rare. It's a oh. running one. Yeah, there's actually an account that uh, we interact with quite frequently. Actually, he, he just posted some uh, photos of his Freelander with uh, with our stickers on the uh, bumper. It's got a tiny Ike on board now. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, free LR underscore adventures. And uh, he actually quite frequently, you know, rips around on trails and in the mud and stuff. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So you can go and follow him. But uh, yeah, it is. It's sort of surreal. It almost looks like a, a you know a remote control car or something. You're not quite sure, like the yeah. scale or something isn't quite right as it's sort of bombing through there. But it looks quite capable. And uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, as you, you know, Jeff, from listening to the show, uh, my uh, assistant and uh, protege uh, Abigail and I are working on uh, a. Uh, she's a big Miata fan, and we're working on an off-road Miata uh, for her specifically for Instagram. I mean, there's no there's no reason that should exist except that. You know, it's uh, we're going to put. I thought a the Freelander was an off-road Miata. Kind of is, and that's that yeah. was my point: is that the uh, Freelander kind of is an off-road Miata already. It's sort All of right. one you could just turn key. You're ready to go. So someone's got to do it, Steve. Yeah, no, I mean, somebody's got to do it. Speaking of like firsts, I recently learned that uh, James Starley, the the predecessor to the Rover Company, mm-hmm. so he was an inventor, and some of his technologies found their way into the Rover firm including bicycle technology, chain drive technology, mm-hmm. also credited as being the inventor of the differential. Oh, did not that's know a that. Big Isn't that's that a big, big? one. That's yeah. big. So big. he started uh, working on that stuff in the 1870s, I think 1878, somewhere in there. Wow. And uh, he also built an electric car, 1888. Wow. That's incredible. And Landover hasn't managed to get back around to that yet. No. They're still, they're still, still, still like 2026 20, now, isn't it? Still working on it. Yeah, 2026. Yeah. How's the electric car infrastructure over there? Is, there, is it pretty reasonable? Would a would an electric Land Rover be uh, well-received in Australia? Look, I, I, I think it would be, uh, particularly on the East Coast, which is a lot more mm-hmm. populated. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more infrastructure there. Everything probably from there over to Perth and Western Australia is probably a no-go zone. Um, yeah. The biggest problem we have here is uh, range and mm-hmm. just the fact, you know, Australia's got a very small population compared to the USA. So therefore right. there's just not as much infrastructure. Not a lot in the middle. Pretty much, pretty much. And that's and to be honest, that's where you want to go if you've got right. a Land Rover. You, you don't exactly. want to stick on the, on the tarmac. You want to go off where no one else has been before. So maybe solar technology and some other means will catch up shortly. Yeah. And you can yeah. just pop it out on the side of the road, have a cup of tea or gourmet coffee and off you go again. Yeah, exactly. You know, even the, the last five years, solar has come so far that you think in another five, 10 years, it might be reasonable to have, uh, you know, something like a Land Rover that has a big flat roof, you know, covered in uh, in a very high efficient solar panel where, yeah, you may be able to sort of park it up for uh, half an hour, hour and, and be and be ready to go for another another couple hundred miles. And and that's, you know, in, in, in Australia, where you've got big, wide open spaces with lots of direct sunlight, that would that would work, you know. It could well, be, it could even be in California, Steve, that would oh, work for really sure. well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. One concept I've thought of is you obviously follow Jack Dobson and he's oh, got yeah. his ute, yeah, his 109 yes. ute. And I've always thought if you put a canopy on the back mm-hmm. and you had solar panels on the on the top and then you had like gull wings, 
that came mm -hmm. up, you could really mm -hmm. get quite a big surface area there. And with yeah. some highly efficient panels, you could probably mm -hmm. recharge it relatively quickly. Yeah, be a pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, no, I have to say, it's funny, we were just talking to Jack earlier today, that uh, that Ute is like my favorite Australian Land Rover, I think, uh, to date. It's the most Australian Land Rover <laughs> that, uh, that there is maybe. You know, like, it's really cool. And he's done a great job. Uh, when I was uh, last, I was there visiting him uh, last year sometime. Uh, it had it had just sort of, uh, you know, come out of whatever field or barn or wherever he'd happened upon it and uh, was looking, you know, fairly uh, derelict. And uh, and he's done a great, uh, you know, job of uh, rebuilding the back and getting it running and stuff again. And now it seems like he he's constantly driving. He's driving it uh, more than any of his other cars. So it's, uh, yeah. it's really, I know it's a favorite of his dad's. Nice. It's pretty well, awesome. I think he's going to drive that to Kuma, Steve. So Jeez. that's what I hear. I think he's allowed well, three days to get there. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, Ike Man. and uh, and Linus and and Jenna will be equipped with all of the recording and the video and the everything. So uh, they'll be uh, they'll be responsible for uh, full time news gathering uh, while uh, while they're there. So that's I'll have I'll have just like the rest of the audience the virtual Kuma experience uh, brought to you by <laughs> Ike and Linus. Uh, well, on their, uh, may, their maybe I can I can get your cardboard cutout and get a photo near Jack's. Land I think Rover. that'd be great. I think a yeah. uh, I think a here in the United States there's a, a thing that school children do called uh, Flat Stanley. When you uh, when you go on a, uh, a you know family trip, they print out this little guy, and uh, you know you got to hold it next to you at at wherever you are in these things. So. I've never heard of this. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, but uh, maybe a flat Steve. We'll uh, we'll send you a little pocket size Steve that you yeah. can hold up next to things. Well, that might work out. quite well for social you know? media, Steve. Yeah, yeah there we go. Flat Steve, where is he? <laughs> we'll where hand him out. I love yeah. it. I love it. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. We're we're planning to do a little series one excursion on the way to hey. Kuma. Just mm -hmm. a little drive from. Melbourne over Tacoma. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think there's going to be four or five series one, something like that. Going to do some trips up into the hills and uh, yeah, we'll see how many of us survive. It yeah. feels like there ought to be a website dedicated to all of these different people coming from all of the different parts of Australia. It's a it's a cannonball uh, run kind of situation to see who gets there, uh, who gets there first, uh, who yeah. gets there under their own power. It's like a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, kind of like that movie. Yeah, it's, it's it's an amazing race kind of situation. Uh, everyone starts in their own constituent cities and then races to Kuma in shitty old Land Rovers. Yeah, they're all Great. working on their like crappy old Land Rovers right yep. now. Just yeah, exactly. Just get trying them ready. to tie them together with bailing wire and well, it's gonna well be I think everyone's yeah. a bit rushed this time around because it's only been five years. They haven't got ten years to work on it. You know, that's so right. everyone's under that's the pump. Snuck up on us. Really snuck up. Nobody planned that. Yeah, that's right. The hundred years, though, I'm going to be ready. I'm I think I think there was a minute where we were like, during the pandemic, they were like, uh, "Is are we going to have any events ever again?" Very true. So many people used that as an excuse to just coast. And they're like, Man, "Yeah, but eventually, I can't whatever. go out of my house." And now you had fairly strict uh, regulations there, didn't you? Yeah, in some parts of Australia, we did. Out here in mm -hmm. Kalgoorlie, no. The worst thing we had was, um, for some reason, there was no toilet paper. And everyone decided oh, yeah. to buy rice. So we had heaps of toilet paper at home and heaps of rice. So we were all good. So that, that was <laughs> good, totally good, about good. it. You had no toilet paper and lots of rice? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is not a good substitute yep. for toilet they're, paper. They're not normal out here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rice isn't. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So how yeah. is how is your Land Rover currently, Jeff? Um, my Land Rovers are good. Many of them are in a static state of rest, waiting mm-hmm. for parts to obviously come. Should I send you some? So yeah, what parts um, do you need? My Land Rover Parenti. I'm waiting for the gearbox to come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then LT95 I, is. Is it got yeah. the uh, tapered roller bearings in your LT ninety five? That's the one. Nice. I, that's the one. Nice. Yeah. So that that'll be great, and um, I can't wait to get that back and get it back on the road. That's just going to mm-hmm. be awesome. My series three eighty eight inch that we spoke about last time. That's in Road to Ruin. Um, I've had some real dramas with the motor there. It's been oh. rebuilt twice, and oh. uh, it just keeps burning oil. It burnt. 20 liters mm. of oil in 500 kilometers. Oh, so, no. Um, That's too much. That's more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not supposed to oil. run on oil. Well, the funny thing is from driving from Perth to Kalgoorlie, there's a few sort of um, sections that are, there's not a lot in between. And mm-hmm. I always make sure I've got plenty of fuel, a little bit of water for me and the mm-hmm. Land Rover. But I actually nearly ran out of oil because it was just consuming <laughs> so much. So... I've decided this time around, I'm just stripping the motor down myself, which I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it had blown a cylinder head gasket, which was a composite cylinder head gasket. Mm-hmm. Um, it blew it between three and four. And then mm-hmm. there was a little bit of airflow between one and two because I did mm-hmm. a leak down test. So mm-hmm. yeah, the plot thickens with that. I Has really it got like don't... a dish in the top of the block? Don't know. It looks, it looks pretty straight to me, but I do wear glasses, yeah. Ike. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I'll get a straight edge on it and let you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So I can only really think, and everyone's been so great on our YouTube channel and that suggesting what it could be. Could be everything mm-hmm. from unicorn horn got in there and something else. Yeah. But there's a, there must be a crack either in the casting of the head or there's something mm-hmm. going on with the PCV valve. It's still, mm-hmm. it's a lot of oil. A lot of oil. That's a tremendous amount yeah. of oil. So, yeah, it's like a diesel locomotive amount of oil. At yeah, that point. that's uh, yeah. Okay. So I've I've sent the cylinder head off to get inspected, and I'm just having a break from that and getting stuck yeah. into yeah. my stage one actually, Steve. And oh, I'm, my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've pulled the the four BD one Isuzu engine mm-hmm. out of it, and I'll mm-hmm. overhaul that. And mm-hmm. I've just pulled out the. Uh, front axle assembly and mm-hmm. i'm just going to go through and double check all that and just keep the ball rolling with it it has its original uh stage one cv joints in the front uh, axle there or has it been converted to something else uh, i believe so the the yeah. vehicle's actually all pretty original the one thing That's that awesome. i've got to do a bit of research on is someone's replaced the front prop shaft with mm-hmm. one that looks like something out of a, a county because the series three's like a, a three-part prop shaft, isn't mm-hmm. it? Or two-part prop mm-hmm. shaft. So mm-hmm. I might have to source one of those to yeah. go in it. A proper one, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a, a good friend of Ike and I's in, uh, in the Middle East has uh, all, all the stage one parts. I think in the world have been here. Wow. So anytime I need anything, it's it's got to come from, from Dubai. So how many landers do you have, Jeff? Let me think. Um, think about seven. 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 So of the three that you've <laughs> mentioned so far, two have their engine out, one has a gearbox out. How many of these Land Rovers are, would you say, are operational? No judging. No judging. No, no, no. That's all right. We all go through phases, I. Right? Um, and this is just a static phase. Uh, so I've got one Land Rover that's fully operational at the moment, and that's my mm-hmm. Old Faithful Series 2. 
So that's yes. just been keeping things running. I've had to do some pretty big drives in it because the Parenti hasn't been up and running. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. been pretty hot over here. So I've yeah. been sweating quite a lot. And obviously yeah. it's a great way to lose <laughs> weight. Just sit in your Land yeah. Rover and just sweat. That's right. You know? Just go yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you arrive 15 pounds lighter. That's yeah, right. It is. That's right. Good, so, I, I yeah, feel like I feel like the Land Rovers, the, like in terms of reliability over production time, it's yeah. kind of something like this. I, I, I totally the Series Two A. Yeah, it yeah. peaked at the Two A. That's that's the best uh, one that they uh, they ever did. Did yeah. you see uh, Jeff that you can now the Romer Drive people through? I'm not sure, but a company in Australia mm. is doing an overdrive now for the LT95s uh, that I think is targeted at Range Rover uh, owners, but no reason that it wouldn't work in a in a stage one certainly the v8 rover stage one could use a taller gear there's that uh you know fourth gear you got you got room to go but uh but uh yeah i believe also there's a conversion to an nv4500 five speed mm -hmm. from the isuzu so you get a five speed transmission much sturdier on mm -hmm. the back of your Isuzu engine. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that Isuzu, that was a, was that a, that's a factory fitted Australian option for the no. stage one? No, that came, it isn't. that came after. Yeah. Yeah. So the LT95 is the common one. So four speed, right. it fits the back of the Isuzu motors. There's two versions, one with the uh, ball bearings and one with roller bearings. If mm -hmm. you have one, you want the, the roller bearings the like Jeff bearing. is getting. Yep. And, uh, but the, there's a, there's a five speed conversion. I believe mm. that uh, my friend Matthew has been helping work on. And it's a special bell housing that fits to the NV4500. NV4500, Jeff, if you're not familiar, is a, a light-duty truck transmission. And when I say light-duty, okay. that's in the, the scope of industrial mm. uh, applications. So light-duty is still up to, I think, 20,000-pound uh, GVW or Whoa. thereabouts. So quite a bit sturdier. <laughs> sturdy transmission. Quite a bit sturdier than the the original LT95, and there's a lot of aftermarket for it, and it has a lower first gear. So there's a few different versions. They were used in a, in a lot of applications worldwide, but I think one version has like a six and a half to one low range, so quite, quite deep. And uh, it's very commonly found in the Dodge trucks behind the Cummins six-cylinder 5.9-liter turbo diesel which is wow. very similar in yep. terms of its uh, stroke and bore to the Isuzu engines. Mm -hmm. So the Isuzu made a six-cylinder as well, uh, and the Land Rover is the four-cylinder version of that yep. that's fitted to Land Rovers. At any rate, uh, that's neither here nor there, but uh, might be a good uh, swap for uh, Parenti folks. I think it's mm -hmm. kind of developed with like the Parentis in mind. You, you might be able to uh, answer this question, Ike. Sure. So you've got the LT95, and that's got yes. the needle roller bearings in it. Mm -hmm. You've then got the yeah. LT95A, which is the upgraded mm -hmm. version with the tapered roller bearings. From your personal experience and all the research and the people that you've spoken to over the years, what do you think is the pros and cons between having needle roller bearings, tapered roller bearings in that configuration? Because it was that bad with the needle roller bearings, they you would think at some point they try and recall just a few of them. Yeah, I think the biggest advantage is obviously, you know, when you're setting up tapered roller bearings, it's the, the end float is a lot easier to achieve mm -hmm. than it is with the uh, the needle roller bearings, and it's a more conventional bearing in terms of uh, those sorts of counter shaft applications. I think just in terms of industry, 
the transmission industry has has gotten away from needle roller bearings. I don't know, sometime in the 60s for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roller bearings are kind of the industry standard. So uh, I think that coincides with that change. I would say Land Rover transmission technology really kind of maybe is a holdover from the those 60s applications. So the LT95 first made an appearance in the Range Rover, and then it, it came into the Land Rover application, the 101 forward control, all that stuff. And they just kept using it for maybe longer than they should, like the Rover V8, like, (laughs) you know, all that stuff. They either didn't want to or couldn't develop new Mm -hmm. transmissions that would be an improvement over those. You know, the LT95 is used in the Parenti because I think it's sturdier than the LT77. It's a stronger Mm -hmm. transmission. Mm -hmm. That's right. So they put it behind the Isuzu engine because that's really all they had, which if you're using the Isuzu engine, why not, you know get a uh, transmission that's more suitable. Just buy in the whole thing. Yeah, buy in the whole thing. I don't know. But uh, that's what they had to use, and that was what, you know, probably the stoutest of the transmissions that was available to them. Mm. So I can't fault them for that, but certainly nowadays there's a lot better transmissions to use. And the A-series are just easier to work on. And have you ever done the conversion before, Steve? And you're never other... done the conversion. I'm lucky enough that my uh, my current one is a late enough model that it is an A series transmission. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure that it's the original transmission mm. uh, from the car. There's uh, there's some debate about that. As as the car was uh, left hand drive when it left the factory um, uh-huh. and uh, was uh, was sent to the Middle East, where a lot of them are because it has the upgraded uh, carburetor. Uh, package to be able to run on higher octane fuels in uh, in what was called the Persian territories in those in those days, and then came back to the UK, was converted to right hand drive, and then converted back to left hand drive when it was uh, when it was shipped over here. So uh, it in fact uh, it still has two driver's side uh, steering arms. So there's a it's a wow. uh, it's a bit of a, yeah, some of that is in the process of being uh, undone and my swivel balls are in uh, terrible, uh, terrible shape. So uh, the, uh, thankfully, the, uh, the folks at uh, Design Engineering make a, uh, a complete replacement for those and make a shim kit to be able to use standard Series 3 steering arms so that I don't have to have two driver's side steering arms and, uh, and some of that. So that's on, the, that's on the list of things to do on the, uh, on the Stage 1, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's, there's always uh, there's always some. The only non-running car I think I have right now, save the Freelander, which is perennially non-running, is the uh, is the 80 inch. It runs. It's just taken apart right now. All of its body panels are off because they're in the process of uh, having a, a new set of CK is that actually happening? painted. It, it's happening. Well, the panels are off uh, because I needed to take the, the car apart to get the steering box out to send it back to Land Rover, and so new steering box is in and it does have all of its body panels off and they're uh, in the process of trying to find time in the schedule to get it all unriveted and send the new panels over to the paint shop and all that sort of business. You know, I have been thinking along uh, the lines of adding one of these Romer drive because the original, the actual LT95 overdrive kit is very hard to find. The one, especially for the stage one is super hard to find, but it seems as though this Romer drive kit, you know, is, is supposed to be pretty good designed by, uh, the uh, the folks up in Canada for some folks in Australia, and now you can buy it from the UK. And uh, they currently don't make a linkage for the stage one, but uh, you know we could make that linkage very easily. Sure. And uh, so thinking about uh, potentially doing that and maybe working with them to uh, 
to try to see how that works. Because, you know, the V8 uh, stage one has plenty of power uh, mm -hmm. to be able to drive that uh, that extra gear would really would really benefit from that extra gear on the uh, on the highways and things. So, uh, yeah, so thinking about maybe maybe doing that because it's, again, super hard, super hard to find that original stage one overdrive. The stage one was not a popular car. Not, no. Uh, they didn't uh, certainly not here in North America at all. They're just they never came here, and uh, you know they were very again very popular in the Middle East, and there's a lot of parts there for them, um, but you know just impossible to source. But uh, there are a couple of uh, forward controls that I've found with uh, an overdrive, and a lot of those had overdrives fitted, but uh, nobody wants to just sell me their overdrive. They want to send me the entire forward control, which I'd rather not, and rather not have an entirely not working forward control just for an overdrive. Just yeah. for the overdrive. Maybe one of these days. We'll see. I guess I guess my only concern is um, it's probably just because I don't know enough, but they've obviously got an adapter plate that fits onto the Roma Drive unit itself. And the Roma Drive yeah. unit's a very strong overdrive unit. However, the general kit that's recommended for your series Land Rover does stipulate that it's not really designed for the six-cylinder models. So right. I wonder if they've actually beefed it up a little bit just to take that extra few horses and pit ponies of power from, yeah, from the V8. Question. Yeah, you that's a good question. also recommended yeah. for the 4BD1 in the uh, mm -hmm. Parenti and obviously mm -hmm. in the can handle the power or lack of power in the TD uh, models. So, right. yeah, that's probably my only concern. And you obviously can only use it when you're just coasting on the highway too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no hill climbing with that. I, I, I can speak to that a little bit because mm. uh, I think that it's probably more than an adapter plate. And the reason I say yeah. that is because the input gear into the transfer case on the LT95 mm -hmm. is quite a bit different than the input gear on the series rover transmission. Yep. So it would have to have a new input gear in addition to obviously slightly different bolt pattern for adapting it to the transfer case. And uh, the planetary gear set that's inside of the Romer drive, I believe, is from a 700R4, which is an American transmission. And that 700R4 is behind American V8s, which traditionally uh, put out quite a bit more power than a Land Rover V8. By many times, although you many you times. could argue the Rover V8 is an American, an American V8, V8. Yeah. but yeah. of it's much smaller of much smaller displacement, yeah, of course, than the powered the powered American V8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Detuned yeah. by half. Yeah, detuned. The, uh, the, the Land Rover muscle car, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. About Steve, exactly. the Land Rover muscle car. I think when you look at a stage one, that's exactly what you think. That's yeah. that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. Look at that thing. <laughs> so I suspect the short answer is it's quite a bit different than the standard yeah. series. Well, it's something we're gonna have to have the uh, you yeah. have the Roma Drive guys uh, on at some point and yeah. uh, you know uh, yeah. talk about. So they're they're nice guys. Ray, I've spoke to him a number of times. Yeah. Who developed it? And yeah, really nice fella. He started off working in. Um, the aero parts industry, actually. Oh, yeah. And okay. you see that when you actually look at the Roma Drive kit, a lot of the linkages and all the rest have come off aircraft and he sort of adapted it and all the rest. And he's a real um, polymath, a, a man of many, many talents. He's written a book about Land Rovers and he does really? sailing. And yeah, he's a really interesting character. Very interesting. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our time here. Now, we, we wanted to do the Taste Your Rover uh, but didn't get time to mail you a kit of fluids <laughs> to taste. Unfortunately, maybe we can do that live at Kuma. Maybe that's uh, one no, of the no, things I think you can that'd do. be good. I, I think, think we have to start, say this to the listeners: uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We may have to pick that up. We may have to pick that up in uh, beautiful Kuma. 
unfortunately, uh, again, I can't be there. I wish I could, um, but I know you guys are going to have a wonderful time if you all arrive. No one dies on the uh, way there. Uh, if everyone's Land Rover makes it uh, there, uh, given all of the different vintages that you're all driving uh, from all of these different places, uh, I think it will be uh, it will be a small miracle. Oh, for sure, for sure. And look, um, it'd be great to catch up en route, Ike, uh, in this, I guess, plethora of Series 1 Land Rovers. I'm sure we're going to be able to spot you because there should be an oil trail behind you, so we won't get lost yep. trying to find you. There will probably be an oil trail and then a, a very stationary line. <laughs> <laughs> Having a temporary <laughs> Series <stop>. 1 Land Rover. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping it'll be fine. Uh, we, we do... Um, we do have a support vehicle. It's a tray back with a crane. So, oh, you know, yeah. worst case scenario, it'll 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 all work out. Is there's the tray some, back some... a Japanese derived vehicle or? It is not. It's a Land Rover Defender 130 tray back. Pure, purist to the core. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. If I was a purist, I wouldn't be coming along at all because I don't believe in Defenders. <laughs> well you would you get part way there and then they fix them the then you need to get one. get on the hook and uh yeah throw mm. you on the tray back but other people are coming and they believe so <laughs> they're bringing them. nothing more australian than arriving in your 80 inch uh land rover on the back of a 130 inch yeah defender. i think that's that's really fantastic i uh it's not an adventure in australia unless somebody has a tray back let's be honest I, very know. true state very well the four-door jimny gives me uh hope that there will one day be a tray back jimny so well jeff it has been an absolute pleasure and uh man it's been so good uh, chatting with you and uh, again i i look forward to hearing the uh, stories of rivalry from uh, from kuma i can't wait we'll get you some some laminated flat steves over there in the in the meantime hope all the land rovers get uh, get uh, into uh, shape to uh, get over there uh, one of these days i'm sure we'll get damon on the show it's, it's a little bit uh, it's uh, feeling a little bit like my girlfriend lives in canada sort of situation with damon he's uh, Never available, never available, but, uh, but that's all right. We believe he exists. We've seen him in the movie, so we, you know, he does he, exist, he does I exist. guess. He's not just yeah. a cardboard cutout, Steve. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, just yeah. Uh, conveniently in the background there. He's completely CG. He's, a, <laughs> he's an AI. But anyways, Jeff, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for uh, joining us uh, early in your morning, and uh, we will uh, look forward to uh, hearing stories back from you guys at Kuma. Yeah, absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. And look, we'll catch up, no doubt, maybe on an episode later in the year. Fantastic. Hopefully, I'll see you soon, Jeff. Likewise, Ike. I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'm looking right. forward to it. See you on the trail. Take care. Catch you around. All right. Well, again, always an absolute pleasure to chat with Man, that. always great yeah. to talk to him. Really looking forward to uh, meeting up with him in Australia. I can't wait for all of this uh, Kuma content. Uh, we're going to call it virtual Kuma because I can't be there. But, uh, man, uh, we're going to get everybody a flat Steve. And uh, I can only imagine what terrible, terrible things you will do to that tiny laminated Steve. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get the art department uh, working on that. It's going to be right like away. a voodoo doll. We're going to be poking holes in that thing. <laughs> we'll have a little stitched up plush Steve that you guys can bring <laughs> with you. That'll be that'll be super weird. Yeah, you'll know. be like, oh, I'm in agony. You'll know why. Yep, well, make sure you get your Flat Steve in time for Kuma or whatever Land Rover event you're celebrating this year. The 75th anniversary Flat Steve uh, <laughs> edition. Uh, it's going to be really great. Just waiting for that cease and desist from uh, Jerry McGovern. Can't wait. I am a Freelander owner. I feel like he owes me a little bit. You know, I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't know. no, you brought this on yourself. It's true. I did. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not sorry.
I'm not sorry. So, you know, it's a little tiny orange content engine, that stupid thing. So uh, anyways, at that, uh, we'll uh, take uh, our leave for uh, today. We've got great guests coming up. Uh, next week, we've got uh, Mercedes coming in to talk about uh, I'm Mercedes looking forward to that. person, not the yeah, car. Yeah, this is going to be good about, about the Ineos Grenadier. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Of course, Ike is the president of the uh, North American uh, Ineos uh, Grenadier Club, and it's uh, true. He's a big fan. Big fan. I like uh, I like uh, Grenadiers, both the vehicles and the infantrymen. I guess, and uh, I also like a sharper image, uh, world band radios. So I feel like that car's got everything. <laughs> it's got everything. Everything I can ever. It really want. does look like that. The oh, layout of the interior, which is and stuff. It's yeah. like yeah, you know, it's like it's something that you'd like see in the uh, in the Sky Mall catalog on your way to Denver. And you'd be like, oh, look at that, look at that thing. That'd be good. Yeah. Listen to listen to the news from Israel. Yeah, just yeah. on my world band. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, so I'm looking forward to that, seeing how the performance of that particular vehicle is, and uh, and all of that. And then uh, it's time to uh, to rev up uh, and get ready for uh, for Kuma and get ready for all that incredible content stuff. So, great stuff going on there. Great stuff going on on the uh, Underpowered Hour Facebook group. If you're not a member, uh, well, we don't blame you, but you could you could stop in. You know, say yeah, hello. try it out. You know, why not? Right? What's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, probably have all your bank accounts drained. That's it. That's it's really a phishing. It's all a big phishing. This entire podcast. It's a very long con, 105 episode long con. This is where we finally spring into action with the uh, with the Facebook group. So, anyways, we've uh, run out of time for this week's episode. But uh, as always, Ike, it has uh, been a pleasure, and uh, we will talk to you uh, next week. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.